welcome to episode 9 of the Nintendo Jump podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It is the week of August 20, 2018. This is Sergio and today I am joined by Kevin. What's good everybody? And by Daryl. Hey guys. So episode 9, very close to double digits. How are you guys doing? I'm five feet away on cloud nine. Yeah, that was lame. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, no I can't way. compete with that. Let's just let's just go. <laughs> yeah, no, this week it wasn't me. No, <laughs> no. no. Um, I was gonna say episode nine of the Nintendo Jump podcast, but even though I thought that was too corny, so uh, I'm not gonna say it. I, I think that that's up there. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll take those two. We'll take those two. Nice, nice. Right. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a challenge to top those two. Hey, do I do I think this is gonna be a bad episode? Nine. <laughs> Ooh, got that German though. There you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I apologize for that. No worries. Oh man. All right. So, All right. you know, earlier this week we had the Nintendo Indies or Nindies showcase video that highlighted a bunch of indie games coming to the Switch. Um, in fact, we just heard that there's going to be another one next week. So we have that one to look forward to but in the meantime for this episode we figured we would start by discussing our thoughts on this week's showcase uh, then move on to some of our favorite indie games of all time regardless of platform and finally we'll talk about some of our anticipated indie games that were not part of this showcase and maybe part of next week's <laughs> mm-hmm. so to start off um, Kevin what are some of your favorite indies featured in the showcase from this week I tell you what, Sergio, uh, there are two in particular, or three-ish. I'll tell you guys <laughs> why. Windjammers, the flying disc game, and Moonlighter, the shopkeeper dungeon crawler based game. Both appeal to my senses, appeal to my soul. So, <laughs> all right. So, Windjammers, but it is, I guess. To start off, one of my favorite things about video games is having that sort of arcadey sports feel, and Windjammers fits the bill. I understand that there was a game earlier called Disc Jam. Yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> it was decent. You know, it was it was cool. Man, played a few, you know, here and there, a couple hours with some friends, but it, you know, it, in the long run, it just never really stuck with me. But when I did try Windjammers. Back at PSX one year, I forgot it was 2016 or 2017, <laughs> one of those years, I did play the demo, and I was like, man, what an awesome game. Because it's so cool, it's like the 90s feel, and it feels like you're, you know, West Coast, California stuff, you know, you have all these characters, right. they're dressed up in this, like, you know, very, very surfer, like, totally killer waves, dude, right. you know, like, just really, <laughs> like, 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 totally tubular, like, it's just really, uh, that was really lame, but <laughs> it was, it's just really fun to... <laughs> Have that sort of vibe, and then the flying discs. It's, it's basically, it's a sport. It's like volleyball meets tennis, and uh, I love the latter a lot. But anyway, it's it's really it's awesome. It's like a two D plane, and you know it's a top view, top down view, <laughs> and you have like just it's like one on one. You know, like one one guy throwing the disc, and the other girl like just trying to throw it back and all that, and. The, the objective of the game is to get the disc past the opponent, and you can score points. So 
You can score. So if you score, if you get the disc past the player on the left side or the right side, uh, that's three points. If you pass the player through the center, that's five points. Um, and every character has their own individual stats. You know, some are really good with speed, others are good with throwing and different utility skills and all that. And, you know, pretty cool stuff. And then some of them have really awesome special moves where the disc goes like, I mean, well, it doesn't really do that, but in, in, my, in my head, that's what it seems like. And they're confused by the sound effect and can't catch it. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, got to give the people what they want. But anyway, so the disc can like pretty much the projection of where the disc goes. Like it, it can twirl around, it could spin off and all that. And, you know, there's ways to throw it, you know, straight or like maybe you go straight and then like it'll angle off a different direction um, trying to pass the player or the other player so overall a pretty awesome concept and you know i'm pretty excited that it's coming out on the switch but it's coming out on october 23rd which i'm i'm, I'm a bit impatient for certain games and i <laughs> do wish that i know i know but i do wish that it came out earlier but that's okay good things come to those who wait so I'll wait patiently. But then, but then, but then there was another thing that happened in the Nini showcase where they show this short quip of Windjammers 2 with like diff like these this new animation and like different like art style, but no gameplay. None whatsoever. <laughs> so it's a little tease. It's like it's like, hey, we we give you Windjammers 1, but here's Windjammers 2, but you won't know how, how it's gonna be played because we're not gonna show any gameplay, you know? Tough. Bleep <laughs> or tough shoot. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's Windjammers. Uh, what do you guys think about Windjammers? You guys like the concept? What do y'all think about that? I mean, so I I actually picked up Disc Jam and I, I picked it up after seeing somebody online. I, I don't even remember who mm -hmm. say this is the new uh, Rocket League. Right. I was like, ooh, that looks oh. cool. So I actually pre-ordered it and got it and played it a few times. I'm like, ooh. This is not. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. This is not my my jam, if if you will. Um. So, so when I see Windjammers, and I understand it was it was kind of more the original, right? So Disc Jam is trying, almost feels like it's kind of trying to be Windjammers. Mm -hmm. Um. But when I see Windjammers, I kind you know I kind of get back into that headspace of, eh. but it mm. I keep hearing amazing things about it, so. Ultimately, I'll, I'll probably end up picking it up. Just it, it does look fun, and I'm kind of with you on the the old timey uh, arcadey sports games, like the old dodgeball games and and such are a lot of fun. So mm -hmm. I'll probably end up picking it up and and trying it out. But man, I got I got to get uh, the the disc jam funk out of my head. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just to take note, uh, I actually played this jam before it came out at PSX one year and I actually talked to the developers and you know one of the things they focused on like priority was to make sure that it was like a smooth like network connection and like just everything was just like smooth sailing in terms of gameplay and and just making sure that no one like lags out or whatever mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I feel like I think some of that effort could have been more into you know the aesthetics I feel like the aesthetics of this jam wasn't as pleasing. Well, I guess that's a personal opinion because, like, I do prefer the more old-time, like, arcadey sort of, you know, kind of look that Windjammers have, yeah. But that's right, just me. Right. 
I mean, if you if you like like extremely muscle dudes, that, <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. That guy's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sergio, what do you think about it? what do you think about uh, Windjammers? It looks pretty cool, and, and like you said, it's it's one of those games for competitive play. I hope it has online play, and yeah, something to look forward to for sure. Yeah, you know, actually, I I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, there it's on the PC, I believe, and PS4, if I'm not mistaken, and there has been some good competition like gameplay like i've seen on youtube and all that and like man these guys are like you know rolling and Hmm. just able to like you know throw the discs at like this like you know very fast back and forth and all these type of moves and go you know like one of those things and (laughs) (laughs) it's it's amazing but yeah i i really hope that it gets more traction um you know wind jammers could possibly be our jam so you know uh with that being said I'm, I'll segue into the next game that I found interest in, mm-hmm. Moonlighter, which is a shopkeeper dungeon crawler type of game. Although it is not the first to do this sort of thing, it does have a very unique style of gameplay where you are a shopkeeper and basically, you know, you you have to tend to your shop. You have to you know make sure you have items to sell to people, and then. Later during the day or at night, you get to go to dun- you know certain dungeons or caves and all that, and be able to fight monsters to get more money, and then be able to get some items that you can sell to your store. Um, as I said before, it's not the first one to do this sort of thing. Hmm. There was a game that I've played before with overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam called Reseteer, an item shop's tale. Have you guys played that game? Nope. No, haven't heard of it. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, it is. Pretty much a story of an item shop. It's about a girl who lives in it and just basically sort of same spiel. Runs the store during the day, fights monsters at night with friends and stuff. And it's it's more of an anime aesthetic. It's pretty cute. And yeah, it just it got some really good reviews. And yeah, I played it before a while back. And yeah, I just felt like Moonlighter has some of the same sort of uh, mechanics to it but yeah i mean i can't wait to have it on switch you man it's gonna be awesome and yeah it's you know oh yeah it's a dungeon crawler and yeah it's oh goodness it's another game i'll add to my backlog <laughs> nice did, did that one have a, a release window you know what i i didn't catch it i did not see a release window although it is on steam for 19 dollars oh. 99 cents but uh should it, be soon then yeah hopefully you know, just like Donut County, which is coming out, <laughs> coming out <laughs> later this month. I know I've mentioned this for the third time, but guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, please try Donut County. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, that's, that's all I got to say about nice. that. <laughs> no, it should, it should definitely be soon because I think most of the games were announced for 2018, uh, usually fall or... They were given a, a specific month. I think probably only one or two of them were announced for 2019. But um, Daryl, um, what are some of the games that caught your eye? Uh, so I had two as well. The main one I, I want to say is is actually Streets of Rogue, mm. um, which is you know it's it's kind of a top down brawler. It's similar to if you've ever played like the Hotline Miami games, mm. but almost a little yeah. more cartoony, less serious. If that is right, right. possible. <laughs> um, so it 
they describe it as a roguelite brawler with randomly generated generated cities. And just from the gameplay, it looks hilarious. Like, there's so many different weapons and things that you can do in the game that they show, showed off. Like, you can sneak into places or you can just go have a, a gigantic fight with people or, <laughs> you know, a lot of things. And I, it almost... I don't know if it is, but it almost kind of strikes me as kind of like a sandbox type game. Like just things mm-hmm. can fall apart and just get insane right, right, in a hurry. Right. I'd actually heard about this game before. Uh, Kotaku wrote a couple articles on it that really, really hyped it up. And I did a, a bit of research at the time and man, it has good reviews. It has, it's a 10 out of 10 on steam. Uh, mm-hmm. It has good reviews practically everywhere. People seem to love it. And just, from the video that they showed, the gameplay that they showed, the music behind it, it looks insane and, and really funny. So, I mean, I can definitely see where that's coming from, and I'd be excited for that one for sure. Have you guys seen, have you guys seen this game at all? I've seen it a couple times, and then, yeah, just seeing it on the Nini Showcase, it seems really fun. I mean, it'd be a great game to play with all of you guys, um, you know, just in in, in unison. So, uh, I, I definitely would pick this up for sure. Yeah, I mean it. It it definitely just looks like one of those you know popping in. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's it's definitely just a a video game, right? So <laughs> that's yeah. always going to appeal to me. You know, it's it's um it, it just it tries to be fun, and it just looks like it tries to be fun, and and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's cool because then uh, I like that it's not as serious as Hotline Miami, which I did play the first one. You know, and Hotline Miami is a pretty good game, but some of the you know, like some of the sequences and actions when you're in that game, it's, it's just it's like all the shooting and the the violence. I mean, it, it's cool, it's cool, but it's a little disturbing at times, to be honest. It, it is, it is, yeah. But I, hmm, I'm a bit mixed about it. But I think with you know the game that you're referring to, it it, it is lighthearted, and I think that's sometimes we just need those kind of games to you know ease after work or just have some fun because. Like I bet, I bet you. Like if I had a stressful day at work and I I came home to play Hotline Miami, like oh my gosh, like I don't even know, <laughs> my mindset would be totally different. I, I is there, but right, right, right. yeah. Anyway, I mean, not 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 to the point where I'm gonna do something bad, but just to the point where you know I'm just like oh gosh, now I feel like like crap and oh man. No, you you get in the same cycle that I kind of got in with with Hollow Knight. Yeah. I mentioned last night or right, last, last right. episode, right? Where you you know this is a great game. You're playing a fantastic game, and you're just it's just stressful. It is. Right? It is. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. There's a time. There's a time for those games, and there's a time that those games actually really hit really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in in particular, there are some sequences in in practically every Zelda game, every Metroid game that do get a little stressful. Like the well from Ocarina of Time comes <laughs> comes to mm-hmm. mind. You know, like <laughs> sure, there's sometimes yeah. you're you're on the edge of your seat, like. Oh, oh God! What's gonna happen to me? Um, <laughs> oh, man. But that's okay. It, it's okay yeah. in in doses. It's just when it's like when it's all that, and you're just like, ugh. It's it's a I bit overwhelming for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't want to like you said. I don't want to come from come home from work where I've had you know probably arguments with people about right. various things, and then sit down and like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh God. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> The other uh, the other game I wanted to touch on actually I never heard about it before it's it's called Everspace uh, mm. Stellar Edition, which it's a single player mm. uh, space flight shooting game like space combat type game, which until I was looking at this I didn't 
really realize how much I wanted one of these games. Like, I haven't played a, a really good space action game since probably Rogue Leader on GameCube. Oh, wow. So it's been, it, I mean, it's been a, a significant right. amount of time. Uh, it, it's one reason I'm actually pretty excited about, like, Starlink, even though that's not yes. exactly the same thing. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Looking at this, it looked really cool. It looked like you had some different ships, customized ships, things like that. It, they said it has roguelike elements. Not really sure what they mean by that, but hmm. I'm I'm just assuming, you know, you, you play a little bit, you get upgrades, and you can apply those upgrades in, in different paths and such. Uh, same right. type thing. I looked up reviews, and the reviews are a little bit more mixed on it, but what I'm seeing is people tended to like the gameplay, but mm. had some performance issues. So oh, okay. okay. I'm really curious how that's going to translate to switch hopefully really well uh you know if this is significantly after it's uh it's first release so you know i'm i'm hopeful and and it definitely has my eye i think it looks really cool what about the storytelling uh i heard that it's non-linear so uh, i wonder how that works with the whole roguelike thing i mean i mean it does make sense but uh what do you think about the story in general have you heard much about it not really i mean i just for that, I'm mostly am looking at the gameplay, which it it looks cool. The mm-hmm. visuals are pretty flashy, and and you've yes, got like li- lightning cannons and stuff sure. like that. But right, right. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's a game genre. I think that I, I just I haven't really thought about in a while, and now that I'm mm-hmm. kind of looking at it, going, "Hey, that'd be fun." <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. I just wonder, you know, if if it's going to collide with Starlink a little bit and in terms of release timing and, and people looking for for a similar game. But like, like you mentioned, though, um, Stellar is it's a little more like completely in outer space and, and it does look different enough. But I, I think, you know, Starlink is, is hitting a lot of the right checkboxes for, for a bunch of us. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Starlink, Starlink look, kind of looks like an evolution from Star Fox, which is yes. a little ironic since he's actually in it. And they just announced Peppy's in it and he looks oh. awesome. So I'm pretty happy to see him nice yeah so you know i'm looking at starlink as this might be an extremely good star fox game (laughs) which i'd be i'd be completely fine with if they actually pull that kind of gameplay off and it's actually a good game man i'll be i'll be super happy about that but yeah to your point you know i i hope that they don't coincide too much with their release timing i don't know that the games are crazy similar but you know they might they might come across as that. So I think they want to be careful. Right, right. For sure. You know, with Starlink, hopefully they'll have Falco and Slippy Toad as DLC. You know, that will be pretty awesome. Bring the whole <laughs> gang back. Boom. Anyway. I, I'd love to see him. I, and I feel like once once Peppy showed up, so if they just did Star Fox, then he's just a, he's just a guest character in this universe for, for whatever. But as soon as you introduce right. another one of them, it's like what? Then now you've got me kind of assuming that the other two are coming, and that's right. that's exciting. I love Star Man, Fox. I cannot <laughs> wait for that one. <laughs> yeah. No, Star Fox is one of those games where it, it it's one of my favorite games too. I mean, I remember playing. Well, I, I actually played the '64 version before the SNES version, but yeah, like you know, having the Rumble Pack and being able yes. to explore it was so sick. Like. <laughs> Yeah, even even the bad games in that series are still really good for me. I, I like I still like them. So mm-hmm. like I still have Zero. I thought Star Fox Zero was a good game, right. to be honest. But you know, it, it got a lot of mixed reviews too. But hey, I had fun right. with it. So I did, I I really, I really like that series. So I was 
I'm pretty excited about Starlink. Not that that's a an indie, but <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Well, I, I also do have two games that caught my eye more more than the others. Mm-hmm. The first one being Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Ooh. This game looks fantastic. You know, it's a spiritual successor to the Wonder Boy games. We actually have one on the Switch. It's called Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap, uh, which right. itself is a great game. Uh, did either of you play that one? Yeah, I did. Uh, I have. It was yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, I I just like the whole old school platforming. You know, it's a definitely a bit difficult, but you know, worth the challenge for sure. It's very old school. Like mm. it's it's 1989 uh, right. personified yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of like invisible doors that you have to go through to progress and things right. like that. <laughs> what they did with that remaster is fantastic. I think it looks great, but it it's very much an old game. Yeah, it's cool because then you're able to you can swap. You know, with the old graphics, with the new graphics, you know, at any time. Yes. And the old and new sound. I even had at one point where when I went to the next, like, room, uh, the old and the new, like, it, it like, pretty much split in half. I was like, oh, because I was like, messing around with the, the the setting. And, you know, I went to the next room, like, oh, wow, holy shoot. Like, it's, like, old and new together in, in, in the same screen. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how to happen. I mean, it happened one time, but. Anyway, that was just a, a nice gimmick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like you both mentioned, it, it carried over everything that you would expect from a classic game. You know, the difficulty, but but mm-hmm. it's still good controls, good gameplay, right. a lot of challenge. So definitely check out the Dragon's Trap if you haven't. It, it, it has all three of our recommendations. And mm-hmm. this next game, like we said, it's a spiritual successor. They showed, I mean, you can tell that it carries the same really great looking art style it's it's all hand drawn it looks it looks amazing i don't know if it has a, a retro mode looking um the option you know to switch back and forth but i mean definitely it looks amazing you can tell that you're going to be able to switch the characters on the fly which is awesome uh, because in in dragon's trap you had to go to a specific room to switch characters right um now that you're going to be able to do that whenever that that's going to open up a lot of gameplay options i think and a lot of possibilities um the trailer that they showed already they already showcased a lot of different things that you can do a lot of different gameplay elements so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this one and it is coming out in november yeah i'm interested to see so like i said the the wonder boy game uh dragon's trap it it felt like a lot of really pretty trappings on an old game right and that I, to me that kind of brought it down slightly you know hmm. it was it was fantastic in 1989 but you know there's a lot of design choices that have been made yes. now that <laughs> yeah. make that kind of thing a lot f- more fluid what i'm really curious about with monster boy is if they actually you know it, it's obviously an homage to the series like it, it's definitely right. them trying to pay tribute to the series and, and kind of do this so if they do that but with some modern touches it could be a really good game and it looks great it, it definitely looks like i like the transformations that they showed they yes. they look fun. Mm. Uh, one of them actually looks like the the pig merchant from Wonder Boy, <laughs> right, which is right. is really funny. <laughs> yeah. So I like what they're doing. I'd I'd love to see exactly how it plays. To be honest, I like. I hope <laughs> th- this is kind of weird. I hope they don't hold too true to the original uh, style of yes. the game. You know, definitely definitely mm-hmm. bring it up to modern standards. But it, it yeah, it looks fantastic offhand. It looks really good. 
Yeah, that that makes sense, especially considering that we have Dragonstrap and people wanting that old school, really old school experience. They could look for that, and with Monster Boy, you could do something either in between or or definitely more on the modern side. Like you said, just uh, paying homage to to the classic. So that is Monster Boy. Like I said, it's coming out in November. The other game that really caught my eye is called Baba Is You. Uh, it's a very unique looking game for sure. It, it's very retro, like minimalistic looking, you know, not, not a lot going on on the screen. So you play as this little character named Baba. And basically the goal of the game is to go from one room to another solving kind of like riddles or puzzles. Um, it's all sort of text-based. Uh, for example, in one of the early rooms, you see two phrases that are broken down into three chunks of text. Uh, basically, it's Baba is you, and the <laughs> other one is Rock is win. So you can actually move around the chunks of text so you can spell different things. For example, if you spell Rock is you, suddenly you begin controlling a rock that was in the room as well instead of Baba. Uh, what you have to do to move on from that room is spell Baba is win. So if you're playing as Baba and just play, just spell Baba is win, you win and you move on to the next room. So it, it looks very silly in a good way. And it looks like it's going to ramp up a lot. Like, yeah, it starts out basic like that, but there's the trailers show different rooms, bigger rooms with enemies and different things that you have to do, different triggers and gameplay mechanics. So... It looks very unique. Uh, if you like those type of puzzle-solving games, uh, definitely keep an eye out on this one. It's They gave it a fall release date, so we're going to be waiting for, for more specifics on that one. Did, did it catch either of your eyes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just, I've never seen this kind of game before. Like, you know, being able to use words in such a way to solve puzzles. Right. <laughs> it's, it's very... Uh, it, it's like a... It's kind of like a Blue Ocean model in a way in terms of you know, what they're trying to do. I mean, just, uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely something worth picking up. And I mean, <laughs> even the title is pretty cool. Baba is you. Cause you know, in Chinese, <laughs> ba Baba is father. So I don't know if, if there's any sort of, you know, hmm. lead to that. I don't, right. don't want to look too far in, but <laughs> I, I mean, you know, if the maker, if the guy or girl who made this game is Chinese, I mean, I gotta think that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's it's really hard to tell because it's really really rough, like pixel animation. But the character right. almost kind of looks like a sheep too. So I almost was thinking right. it's like ba ba, you know, like oh, like sheep, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I'm not sure. Probably my That's... favorite thing in that little trailer was like there was there was some sort of enemy on the screen, and I forget exactly what it was, but they they switched around to like cactus is baba and all of a sudden it turns into another sheep that you're controlling just, <laughs> the game it, it kind of looks like there's really not any rules to what you can do which is it's yes. funny it, it's neat right. right right so those are the games that caught our attention the most and like we said we have yet another nindy showcase coming up next week uh, right. should be oh, even man. more good content coming up yo donut county coming i'm just kidding it's not gonna happen <laughs> But if it does, it will flip my shoot. It would flip my shoot. <laughs> I swear. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Can't argue hey, with that. You never know. <laughs> you never know, man. There's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of things I want. I'm not gonna say it. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just gonna. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> there are there are so many indie games coming to the Switch though. I, I feel like you could almost do one of these videos almost every week. Like, yeah, for sure. I it's... was kind of surprised that they did another one so soon, and then I think you know there's between 15 and 30 indie games coming to switch almost every week and i'm like oh right yeah, that that makes sense <laughs> never mind yeah but you know one of my concerns though i mean it's it's awesome that we have the nini showcase but have you guys ever thought about how you know these sort of indie games could appeal to you know a bigger audience you know the more the audience that really thrives under the whole like oh I'm all about the triple A games. I'm not so into the smaller games. I think that's still sort of a stigma that I don't really like as much just because, you know, when people talk about the Nintendo Switch, like, they just think of Breath of the Wild or Splatoon or Mario Kart. But, you know, not a lot of people, well, it from where I'm coming from, like, they don't really talk about uh, some of the indie games that are out, like, you know, Undertale is going to come out for the Switch. It's going to be awesome. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. have Stardew Valley. You have Celeste. I mean, these are really good games, but because it's an indie, you know, the label just shuns people. Or not shuns, but it just, I think it just... It turns people away. I, I, I can see that. Right, it turns people away. Or maybe more accurate, they just never think about it. Like, there there are people who play Switch without really ever going in the eShop. So you're missing a lot of... A lot of that content. Now, I I will say Nintendo is doing a pretty good job of trying to highlight these things, like the the surprise Hollow Knight drop on at E3, the yeah, Undertale awesome. announcement at E3. Right. I think Celeste got some actual direct mm-hmm. material, if I'm if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they do these these other little showcases for multiple games because, like I said, there's just way too many of them to keep going. So I think I think they're trying. But it is going to be a consistent problem, like you mentioned. Yeah, and then there's Smash, and everyone's like, oh, Smash, 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 Super Smash. Like, that's the game that everyone's talking about. And I just feel like a lot of times, you know, the indie games get overshadowed by these big powerhouses. And and, and not to say that these games are bad. Like, you know, like the AAA games, like, there are some really good games out there. But I just feel like some of the more, you know, the indie games deserve more attention. And I really hope they do because... You know, having the eShop and having that sort of environment is, I, I I think it can ch- it can change someone's view of of just the the plethora of games out there, the abundance of genres, and and be able to try different. Because you know, indie games that's what drives creativity. You know, a lot of times with yes. AAA games, you know, a lot of times they play it safe, Call of Duty, and you know, it's just. <laughs> it, <laughs> Which and, and Call of Duty is not a bad game. I'm just saying, like, and I played Call of Duty before, like, I've had, and I've I've mentioned before in the third episode how I had really good experiences with Call of Duty. That being said, you know the indie games, you know they drive that that you know, they push the envelope with you know different genres and different yes. ways to make games, ways to you know like Baba's You, like how cool is that? You know, using words <laughs> like like I'm I'm there was one thing that was really appealing, you know, where Baba you know, puts three words together, all, all is dust, and just the whole screen just, like, sparkles. Like, what? <laughs> like, it's crazy. And uh, uh, anyway, I mean, Sergio, what do you think about that? Like, uh, No, um, you're, you're definitely right. Like, indie games are, are 
a great part of, of this hobby that we call video games. Um, like, I think part of the problem is that sometimes you don't have enough time to play everything that you would want to. That's so true. I, I yeah. think at that, at that point, the indie games are there sort of for in between while you're waiting for the next AAA game. And, and honestly, exactly like you said, uh, indie games are... They, they are the risk takers, you know, and you're going to find very unique experiences, unique genres or unique takes on genres that AAA games just don't dare to do because, you know, they'd rather play it safe and, and sell the copies that they, they kind of have to, you know, because they're the big, big franchises. But mm-hmm. yeah, indie games are, are amazing. And, and for that very reason, we, we wanted to talk about some of our favorites, you know, regardless of when they came out, even if they're not necessarily on a Nintendo system. Um, what do you guys have as far as some of your favorite indie games of all time? I, I think I want to start with one called Fez. Have you guys played Fez? Yes, nice. Yes. Oh, man. Like, it is... Oh, I can't believe it's six years old. Like, it is just such a gem. Like, yeah, oh, so just to introduce it, it's an indie puzzle platform game. And basically, you control... A, a player character named Gomez, and basically he just travels. He goes through this two-dimensional world that that has a three-dimensional feature. I'm gonna tell you how that works. So basically, you know, you're in this 2D world, and you know you're jumping on platforms here, there, solving puzzles, and then there's a mechanic where you're able to rotate the world around you. And it just has this 3D scope. It's it's really, I don't know if it's 2.5D. I don't know. I you can't really say it's 2.5D like Octopath, but it's more about like, mm. it's really like, it's a 2D plane, but you get to see things in 3D. So you, so it's like right. pretty much, you know, I guess a 2D world in four different planes, um, if that makes sense. Right, right. It's like you can rotate it on, on a single axis. So you, Ex- Exactly, yeah. You can see all around it, but from one point of view, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the thing about this game is really cool is that it has a lot of mystery. Like the language is intricate. It it's beautiful, but man, you know you have to figure out how to read it, how to decipher it. It's it's pretty dope, and I I think that it's one of those key it's one of those key indie games that people refer to like oh like what's your favorite indie game? Well, besides Cape Story, Fez is one of those as well, and it's just I. Man, I wish there was a sequel, but anyway, it it's one of those games that you must play if you really like indie games. Yeah, it's 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 definitely great. You know, it's a can be a bit of a noodle scratcher in, in some yeah. of the platforming can get a little <laughs> bit tricky, but oh man, I I love it too. I I really wish that it was on the Switch. I think it's only on the PlayStation environment and maybe also on PC. I'm not sure. I don't know if it ever came out on anything else. Uh, actually, it, it came out on the Xbox. But yeah, it would be nice Ooh, to. Nice. Yeah, which is great, and yeah, I, and on the Vita. But yeah, I wish it came right. on the Switch. Um, I wish F Zero came on the Switch. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Fez. There's this one scene where like this big ginormous thing. I forgot what it looks like, but it's like it's talking to you and like it's speaking this this language and it's just it feels very momentous hmm. or like it's like it's like a mountain is talking to you but you, you're trying to figure out what what it's saying but you yes, can't because right. it's like <laughs> like i want to understand you but i can't <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> 
So, uh, Daryl, did you happen to to play Fez or or know about it? Uh, no, actually, I I knew about it. I never got a chance to play it because I never had a system because mm. the creator laughed at Nintendo. But uh, right, no, <laughs> it, it definitely looks interesting. Like it it's it definitely would be my style if it ever were released. Nice. I did play the other game that that Kevin kind of snuck in there though, mm. and it was it was the game I was going to talk about. It's Cave Story. So. There you go. Cave Story is one of the one of the forefathers of the current indie movement, I want to say. You know, it was Oh, for sure. It was Definitely. one of those games that everybody came out and said, "This game was made by one guy?" Yeah. One guy? That's amazing. So I missed it. Originally I heard about it when it came out on uh PC. I didn't really pay much attention to it cuz, you know, a game like Cave Story, it doesn't sound like anything, right? But mm-hmm. When I got the 3DS, I actually picked it up off the DSiWare channel uh, as a download, and I oh. started playing it, and about two play sessions later, I had beaten it. And it's not really a short <laughs> game, right? It's not It's it's not like an, uh, a couple-hour game. It's, it's a little longer than that. And I beat it once, and I was like, man, I feel like, there's still some stuff I missed. There's some some stuff I am curious about. And I looked it up and there's all these other weapons that you can find and all these other places you can go. I'm like, you know, to to paraphrase one of my favorite people, holy shoot, you know, this is <laughs> this is a, a much bigger game than I thought it was. And the music is perfect. The gameplay is still among my, my favorite action games ever. Uh, it's... When when I finished playing it and then I went through and actually got the good ending and uh, went through some sections, the game instantly put itself on my my top ten all time list, and I'm like, man, mm. that was that that was a fantastic experience. So, uh, Cave Story Plus is on the Switch. It actually came out at retail, so I did get it at retail, which was my uh, I want to say fourth time buying this game in some fashion. Ooh. But I wanted I wanted to have the retail version of it. I actually haven't played it that much on Switch, but I just kind of like having it, if that makes right, sense. Right. <laughs> no, it, it no, totally does, yeah. For sure. Uh, th- that one's actually notable that it actually has um, co-op play and it has all the DLC from the, the Plus, which is a whole new dungeon and, and things like that. So there's some stuff I definitely want to get into at some point that I never got to play, but man, that game, mm. that game is fantastic. Like, just utterly incredible for for one dude and and not i don't even want to give it that disclaimer like that's just a fantastic video game no i i echo the same sentence as you like it is one of those games that the story the way it plays like great platforming and it's you know for anybody who is a fan of video games this is a game that you can't miss you have to play it yeah i'd agree with that it's Mm -hmm. and not everybody's gonna like it you know, right. I think I think you'll have a good time with it, but not every, it's not going to hit everybody the same mm. way it hit me, and that's okay. But I think just kind of understanding, you know, the game came out in two thousand four, which is really early on in the the indie scene. There were a few games, right, kind of being mm. developed in in similar fashion. Uh, one other I want to give a shout out to. The only way I know to play this one is uh, like a, a freeware. <laughs> if you mm. Google it, it's called EG I J I EG. It's really rough to look at now like it's it's got some strange polygonal graphics and things like that but it's about you're you play as this woman who's in this 
uh, I forget exactly the setting. It's, it's almost like a space station or something that gets attacked by aliens. Mm. And then you find a gun and you, you know, you go to town. It's kind of a level-based, almost Metroid-y type game. Right. The twist is you can play it in multiple ways. You can actually play a completely aggressive run and you see her getting you know, less empathetic as the game goes on and more hateful of, of these aliens who attack the station. Or you can play you can play it completely passively. You cannot kill any of them and just avoid mm-hmm. them all. And you get a completely different story and ending and the aliens actually have their own story and why they did certain things. And that it was around the same time and, and just to see a game do that kind of thing. Again, that's that's E G I J I. Definitely recommend mm-hmm. that. I feel like not too many people have heard about it, but it's a good game. Mm. Yeah, for sure. You know, Cape Story has made an impact. I, I also picked up the physical limited edition. It had a, a couple of goodies, and I did start a game. And from what I played, I can definitely tell that it's it's a really good game. And I I really like the fact that they carry over everything they have been adding to the series. You know, uh, mm-hmm. different graphic styles, different a lot of different soundtracks all included in the game and you can switch yep. them out whenever. Right, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Good stuff. I can't decide which one I like better. As I'm playing it, like I like <laughs> certain songs from each soundtrack a little bit better than the others. So I, I tend right. to just like switch up between them as I'm going through. <laughs> oh, nice. Nintendo Switch. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's the thing I've said today. <laughs> this is after yeah. Cloud 9 too. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so my my favorite indie game and one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it's a little bit borderline because the the studio that made the game they're called Moon Studios and the game is called Ori and the Blind Forest. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, they did start as an independent team. Uh, eventually, they they became a first party to Microsoft, but they do still consider themselves independent and. They actually a team that are based with people all around the world, so they don't have an, an office somewhere specific. I, I think that adds to their indiness uh, a good amount. So, yeah, I think that you know the roots of Audi are based are are those of a, an indie game. It's a really good, very well polished indie game. Mm. And I, I wanted to start with the heavy facts. Audi is a masterpiece to me. It's it's amazing. Like if you haven't played it and if you have the means to do so, uh, Windows PC, Steam, or an Xbox One, oh my God, you you're missing out if you if you haven't played it. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I was I was, you know, in in preparation to to discussing it, and I was thinking, there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with this game. It has it ticks off wow. everything. It has, dang, uh, you know the the story gives you the feels like right from the beginning mm-hmm. the the graphic oh my the game looks amazing it's like you're playing in a painting <laughs> oh it's man. beautiful uh, the music too it, it matches the the story the ambience and oh the little details uh, now of course this is a metroidvania game and you know where it counts is the gameplay and the controls like we were talking about last episode in in hollow knight you know a mm-hmm. metroidvania game lives off the controls and how, how good they are and Audi in the Blind Forest, I think it has some of the best controls in games, period, but definitely also for the genre. Um, eventually, you, you there's so many things that you can do, and it flows so well. It's like eventually you're, you find yourself sort of glide, uh, 
gliding through these very complicated areas and you just start to get like a little proud of yourself you're like oh look at what i can do and just <laughs> jumping around and, and, and swinging around the game has this mechanic where you can attach yourself to different objects or even enemies and projectiles and time freezes when you attach yourself and you can sort of launch yourself in a in a in a given direction where, wherever you move the joystick to so you can link launch yourself um like in, in a chain reaction to, to get a, a far away from danger. Like th there's a escape sequence that you have to escape a waterfall that is coming from beneath you, sort of like bur bursting upward. Mm -hmm. And you have to link launch yourself upward. And it's like, oh my God, it's amazing moment. Um, my, the friend that I was talking to, I guess he, he kind of feels that the game could have used a, a couple more bosses, but maybe he doesn't consider those escape sequences to be the bosses. And, and I think they are. They're actually some of my favorite parts of the game yeah and you know that's actually a very unique perspective because when you think of boss you think of like this big giant mountain type of person or monster right. or whatever behemoth that you have to overcome or someone that's like super sly and can like frustrate you in different various forms or fashions but when you're talking about an escape sequence that's that is the boss i mean that is a i think that is a nice change up in terms of the challenge that you face in video games. So, I mean, kudos to that. I yeah. mean, in, yeah, your definition of a boss really has to change per whatever video game you're, you're talking about. You know, the, the traditional yeah, term is, is kind of like you're saying, like right. this significantly harder enemy of some sort that right. is generally bigger and, and more powerful, whatever. But, it you know, it could also be the hardest song in, in Guitar Hero or... Right, right, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It, it it could be you know you, your best friend who's better than you at Mario Kart you know it can it can be whatever you want to define it as and if you want to define it as these challenge sequences within a level I I think that's fine I don't see right. a problem doing that mm -hmm. right right and and it caters to some escape sequences in Metroid uh, you know the series itself uh, Metroid the first game uh, Super Metroid and Metroid Prime also I mean. Those are sort of uh, staples of the genre in uh, some of the best games in the genre. So it's I think it's only fitting that Odi has them and, and they're so good. Oh, Metroid loves its ex escape sequences. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the, the first word that comes to my mind when I remember my time with Odi is delight. This game was uh, oh, wow. a delight to play it. It's amazing. If there's anything I can do or say to, to encourage everyone listening to play it that haven't, I will do it. Uh, you deserve to play this game. It's it's amazing. <laughs> there's a there's a sequel announced, and it's a, it's my most anticipated game. Ooh. The the only game that would take it down if it was announced officially would be Animal Crossing for the Switch. But since it isn't, Ori Two is my my most anticipated game. I cannot wait for it. So let me ask the hard question: What are the odds that Ori in the Blind Forest comes to Switch? Ooh. That is the problem. Uh, you know, the the developer team, Moon Studios, they kind of went on a rant on, on Twitter at some point. And it, it's, it's a little bit unique because they were complaining that they were not able to get a Switch development kit. Mm. And at the time, a lot of companies were getting them. So I'm not sure how much validity there was to their complaints. Maybe they just hit a roadblock and, and they got angry and... You know, when you when you kind of lash out at Nintendo on social media, that kind of puts a stop to any hopes that you might have had. It doesn't help things. Yeah. <laughs> stop no. doing that. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, to to I'm not sure how much they could have done considering that they they are a first party to Microsoft, but I mean, it it was nice to hear that they were trying, but the way they went at things, I think that yeah, that definitely killed any potential dreams. Well, you know, the way I see it, I mean, there's there's two sides to the story, and I mean, maybe there's a bit more that we don't know. Yes. Um, there's a re- maybe there's a reason why they were complaining that way, and and it's it's tough. I I this one's a a coin flip. I mean, yeah, like. I'm sure they could have gone about it in a, in a better way, but at the same time, like, you know, we don't really know until we actually know the full story. So, um, unless that's that's it. <laughs> right, right. No, and, and, you know, depending on the people involved, sometimes that might be sort of a wake, wake up call, you know, oh, okay, yeah. well, maybe we can reach out and, and try to work something out. And, and we just don't hear about it until. Already two or three come out on the Switch or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I view it as a good thing that they were trying to get a development kit. Right, right. Like yeah. you can definitely yeah. spin that a positive that the studio that made this this game, that's one of your favorite games, is trying to get a kit that they can develop for the Switch. Yeah, right, can't be a bad thing, right? Can't right, be. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta ask Sergio. So, is Ori in your top two games of all time or three? Like, what is it? Where's the rank? I was trying to rank it earlier, and I think it it depends. I haven't played Final Fantasy VII in a very long time. I don't know how much fun it really was. I know it's very impactful, you know, it, it it's it's a staple of RPGs. So it depends. It, it's gonna be either number five or six of, of my favorite games of all time. I Fair mean, enough. Pretty you know, high. there's Ocarina, Resident Evil Four. There's some games that just they have to be way up there, but Ori, Ori definitely stands up there as well. No, that's awesome. So with that said, those are our favorite indie games, and there are also others coming up. Kevin, what what are some of the indie games that you're looking forward to that we haven't discussed yet? Well, I'm not sure if there's a release date or if they're considering to be on the Switch, but I'm going to throw you a curveball right here. Uh, so here we go. You know, as a big fan of heist and, well, heist and robbery movies in general, like Ocean's Eleven, I haven't watched the old one yet. I'm sorry. I know, but I've watched a new one. <laughs> Or new as in 2001. And there's one game in particular that I really, I thoroughly enjoyed on this on the PC uh, via Steam. And it, it's called Monaco, What's Yours is Mine. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, barely. Oh. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard of it too. Yeah, it's, um, oh man, it's like, it is a... It's a stealth and action game with a bird's eye view. It, it's super dope. Like, holy shoot! It's it's awesome. Like, you know, when you think about you know you know robbing or like the bank heist or you know going to a mansion and stealing gold and all of that, you think of Monaco. It there's eight <laughs> different characters. You could be a locksmith, a cleaner, the lookout, a pickpocket to name some. <laughs> Excuse me, and they all have different unique abilities. Like, for example, like the locksmith can open doors twice as fast as other players. Or excuse me, hmm. other characters. And then you have the cleaner who can like use his ability to put guards to sleep, which is pretty critical because you know you want to find ways to sneak past the guards to steal the treasure and all that. So it's it's also a cooperative game, so single player and and co op, up to four players. 
And I have one of my closest friends back home who I played with profusely with this game. It's just like, it scratches the, the niche of, you know, the heist genre. And I tell you, if they released on the Switch, like, it would flip my shoot and I would love it. And I would semi forget <laughs> about F Zero. <laughs> semi. Oh wow! Se- semi. That's something. Stop yeah. lying. <laughs> this, pod- okay. this podcast is built on trust and integrity. Do not do. Oh. That. <laughs> okay. All right. Not semi. I I F Zero still there. Anyway, so this game released. So Monaco released in 2013, and so it's been about five years. But man, if they can release this gem, oh man, I it'll be great, and I hope you guys can play it. <laughs> we should all get it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, sounds yeah. awesome. I, I actually I haven't looked too much into it, but I will now. Heck yeah! I think uh, I'm on. Honestly, this is kind of a boring answer, but I'm really looking forward to Undertale. I have never Not played Undertale. So <laughs> I haven't played Undertale and I haven't really spoiled myself on it at all. So based on what some people around me, some of my closest friends have said about the game. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it just to, to experience that the first time. And then the other one that comes to mind is the the final, I think, final uh, DLC, but free DLC coming to Shovel Knight, actually, which is the King of Cards campaign that that uh, they have made that game just one of the best values out there period it's it's 25 dollars for right now three full campaigns with like different levels different Mm. controls different mechanics and everything and they're gonna add a fourth one for free it's just it it looks really good so yeah I'll, i'll definitely be interested in that yeah you know undertale i uh to be honest, I did play about an hour, and I feel bad for saying this. I did not finish the game, even though I think it's pretty good. It's just, you know, I know excuses here, but just other games just came to my my plate. But I I, I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get on the Switch for sure. And yeah, like my first impressions of the game, you know, just the the dialogue is written very well. It's very witty. Uh, it's it, it hits you like a rock whatever you however you interpret that and you know just you get very emotionally invested so it's definitely worth a look nice in the game that uh an indie game that i'm looking forward to uh, as far as we know yet it is not possible to come to the switch i'm talking about tunic which was yes confirmed as a an xbox console exclusive but also on windows pc and steam it's a classic Zelda looking game you know very simple graphics were very polished very colorful world you play as a little fox and it's isometric you can also go top down and you know it has all the elements of classic Zelda you you do puzzles and you fight enemies and giant bosses so it looks really awesome and like I said it's it's not likely to come to the switch but you know, they, they could call it a tunic definitive edition and it could come on anything. So <laughs> they can always do that. <laughs> yeah. I, that was one of the most noticeable games that uh, happened. Was it at E3, right? They showed at E3? Yes, that's right. Yes, there we go. And yeah, I mean, if they release on the Switch, 
put it on my wish list, and yeah, it will be it will definitely be downloaded. <laughs> yeah, and you know they would try, you know, if they if they really know what they're doing, they definitely flat out say they're inspired by Zelda and they know that the Zelda players are on the Nintendo side so if, if they can I'm sure they're going to try to to put it out there yeah you hear that Nintendo you hear that Microsoft you know <laughs> try to work things out you know you got some good collaborations yeah in the past so uh, don't F this up <laughs> now we we speculated about what they could do with a, an actual collaboration between the two companies I think that's becoming more cool the more I think about it. Mm. Like you could see some really cool stuff come across. So maybe we could get the little fox in Breath of the Wild. The level character. Go. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering there's already foxes in Breath of the Wild, so you just go running by one like, I'm so much cooler than you. <laughs> and if I feel way... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right so jeremy writes into our facebook group which is nintendo jump on facebook he says holy shoot guys nice <laughs> just wanted to say i love the podcast but i also have a question for you guys with Mega Man 11 coming out on all the platforms for 30 dollars, are you planning on getting it this on the switch or do you prefer playing this and other non-exclusive games on superior consoles such as the pc or ps4 I feel like Mega Man won't be too much of a portable game, and I feel like it will run and look better on my PS4. Let me know your thoughts. Hmm. Man, man, man. Mega Man 11. Well, I mean, my my answer is super easy. I pretty much only have a Switch. Ooh. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to play it on Switch. Your turn. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you, you know, that's a really, really valid question. Uh, for example, for me... Back on the in the older generations, uh, between the Wii and the Wii U versus the Xbox 360 and the PS3, yeah, whenever there was a third-party game, I would almost always get it on the PS3, unless I heard of a specific issues with that version. If they were in par, if there were no uh, special notes on any version, yeah, I would default to the PS3. But on the Switch, it's a very different story. Mm. Um, you know, the Switch being able to play at home and on the go. Even if you don't feel like you might, you know, it's it's nice to have the option. And if the Switch is the focus of your gaming life, at least maybe currently, why not have all the games in there? Like I said, as long as you don't hear about a specific issue uh, with the Switch version, then, you know, you might want to consider something else. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I moved on from that phase, if you will. And since the Switch is my favorite console, I, I tend to get everything on it. You know, and I echoed some of the same sentiments as you in terms of, you know, for me, I would have, you know, games on the P well, usually on the PS3 where, you know, it's like, that's, that's the console I would just play on all the time. <laughs> Occasionally the PC, but, but usually they had PS3. But then when the switch came out, it's like, yeah, it just totally changed my gaming life. Like after work, I would just stop by a local coffee shop and just, you know, sub shop with my my tabletop mode of Nintendo Switch and just play and have people come over and they ask about it and I talk about it and we play games with it and it's just like it's it's it, it's I don't like to throw this term around a lot but it is revolutionary. I mean, just the way we play games now and you know, it, it's it's it really brings a, a a a nice community together and it you know. 
maybe six years ago, I'd probably say the PS3. Or, excuse me, six years ago. Sorry, five years ago when the PS4 <laughs> came out. I would probably say PS4, but now it's the Switch, man. You know, I'm, and, and at the time, when I had the PS3, and when I still play my PS4 a lot, sorry, Sony, uh, I... <laughs> I used to love getting trophies. I used to get try to get it all the time. It's just because, like, my <laughs> college housemates, even with the PS3 back then, like, oh, like, platinum trophy after platinum trophy. And then one of, our, you know, our, my housemates, he just, like, shot up like crazy with platinum trophies. And he's, like, a really good multitasker. He's a lawyer now. He plays games and is a lawyer at the same time. So <laughs> shout out to Brian. Brian, man, I don't know how you do it. I mean, this guy is amazing because, like, Holy shoot! I'll tell you, cause we we were roommates and all that, and man, he we would, he would play Counter Strike one point six, or actually I think at the time, yeah, probably one, I think one point six was zero, um, and he would he would like play, and then like if he like lose if he loses in you know the round, if he if he dies, then he'll just read a sentence or or two sentences from his book, and he just like he's able to do that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm serious. It's like wow, oh, wow. yeah. I was like, holy shoot. <laughs> How the that's another like, level. How the f do you do that s <laughs> <laughs> or shoot? And it's just, and he's like, I don't. He just does it. And like this guy's a really good student. I mean, now he's a lawyer. It's like it's amazing. And he's like having a great time in life. And um, you know, it's so I had to compete compete against that. And it's like you know, <laughs> I'm done. GG, no re. Like you know, you, you get all the trophies, man. I'm done, man. Like let me just find my other way so you know having okay so i guess that's a long way to answer i would just get on the switch i mean that's just the way to go <laughs> you know back to mega, back, back to mega man i mean you know I, I probably didn't have to mention that story but i wanted to i mean you know it's well i mean i think it's i, I think it's an excellent question and not not just for mega man like so that's that's one game, the one one use case, and it's the same price, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They they don't actually have like the uh, switch tax yes. this time, um, but it's it's a very valid point because so obviously the switch is less powerful than the other consoles. The question is how you have to weigh that versus the convenience of the switch mm-hmm. because it, you know this is the first home console that you can take on a plane without a big backpack full of stuff you know right. it, or you can sit on your couch when somebody else is watching tv and, and play some Mega Man. you know it, personally i'm i'm getting kind of spoiled to it. it i play mostly in handheld to be honest right. so i'm getting a little bit spoiled to just being able to oh, okay no i don't need that on the tv you know right. I, I, i'm just right. gonna have it right here that it would be hard for me to go back at this point. And like the reason I don't have a PS4 is pretty much, or, or an Xbox one is, is pretty much, I don't need it. Like right. exactly. we talk yeah. every week about how many games are coming to the switch. I don't have enough time or money to play them all. So, you know, it's, it's a, are there a few games on the other systems that I'd like to play? Uh, Ori and the blind forest being one of them. Yes, nice. absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can I can take that sacrifice. So, but for people who have who actually have both, it's just it's got to come down to a personal way in of you know what does your life look like? Mm-hmm. Are you always playing on your TV? If you are and you've got both consoles hooked up to your TV, I don't see why you would get it on Switch. I just right. I don't. 
But if it would be nice to take to work and play over a lunch break or something, well, you're not going to take your PS4 to work. I mean, you, you, you might. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a lot easier to pull pull the Switch out of the dock and just throw in a backpack or something and and take it in. So, yeah, like yeah. that. That's just a long winded way to say, you know, you, you've got to you've got to understand where gaming fits in your life. Mm-hmm. And the Switch to me is the most versatile console. So, it, yeah, maybe it's specced weaker a little bit. Um, I will say something like Mega Man 11. It looks cool. The graphics look cool, but I don't think that it's like the most blistering edge, you know, high polygon, high frame rate thing. So I expect it to look pretty good on Switch. You know, I'm, I I could see being disappointed about it, but I I expect it to look good enough to play, and I'm, I'm excited for that game. Yeah, and to add on to what you're saying just now, it depends on what you value. I mean, do you value, you know, having the the high def graphics, you know, on the TV, or do you value more convenience and being able to play with friends in, in in an easier way? So, and we live in a time right now where the Switch is. I, I'm just gonna have I'm gonna have a you know a non biased opinion, <laughs> but the Switch is dominating, man. It it is like if you look at the numbers, if you look at just the the movement of of people talking about the Nintendo Switch and and saying stuff like, oh my goodness, I wish this game was on the Nintendo Switch. Like, that is a real thing. That is a real question and a thought that, you know... About every game. Right. Look at look at the Twitter comments for any game reveal that is not right. on Switch, and you'll see dozens of people asking for it. It's crazy. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, Fighter Z, whatever <laughs> it is, um, was... Like after the E3 reveal, their Twitter feed was mostly people asking for it on Switch. <laughs> right. It's just, uh, it's phenomenal to see. It's really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, uh, Kevin, you touched on it a little bit. I think a part of it too is where are your friends at? What system do they play? Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, a concrete example I got FIFA 18 on the Switch, even though the the other consoles version have more features and are a little bit more polished but i got it on the switch so that i could play with with some uh, friends that have the switch and i think that's part of it too you know um, even if the game was exactly the same where where are most of your friends playing yeah like what what platform are you going to reach the most of your friends especially for games with online play which right fifa unfortunately doesn't have friend play for some reason right um but no it's it's definitely noted like if your friends are all playing on ps4 and you're the one person with the switch version that can't play cross-platform with something like rocket league or something you know that's going to be a bummer like it's got to play into your decision too right right. yeah and you guys are right for me the PS3 was that it was a social thing for sure. That mm-hmm. that really played a huge role because, you know, when before I even got a PS3, when I moved in with my, you know, my housemates that had them in junior year of college, you know, it was literally f- f- five PS3s, and I'm like, holy shoot! All right, well, I want to join the club too, bros. I mean, you know, f yeah, like I it, it was it's great, and and the. And that led to what I talked about in episode three, how, you know, we had a lot of fun playing Call of Duty together. And it, it's just, it, you know, it, and that's really important, you know, being able to play with friends, being able to play with other people. Like, it, it is definitely one of the biggest factors when you purchase a console. And I think right now, you know, the Switch is just, 
it is the best platform to play with your friends right now. Like, I, I am, I, especially in local, right? Like the fact that you can just take it anywhere, set it up on a table, and hand somebody a controller. Right. Goodness, that's there's there's never been anything quite like that. Yeah, and like you, maybe some people are like, well, well, Kevin, like you're just saying that because you love Nintendo. I'm like, well. <laughs> First of all, yes, but second of all, like, look at the facts. Look at the facts, bro. I mean, look at the, look at the the things that people are saying. Like, it, it, it's 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 substance meets style. It you know there is a huge backing on you know play, playing with the Switch, and I, I tell you, if you don't have a Switch right now, you're missing out. I, I'm sorry. I'm being very honest about that. Like, you're missing out, and. Um, that goes for people who have PS4s, Xbox Ones, PC. Like, you know, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm un- I'm gonna be unapologetic. I'm taking it back. I am unapologetic. <laughs> if you don't have a Switch, you're missing out. But it, but and I'm saying that in in a way where I don't want you to miss out because right. like right. think about it. Like when you're playing video games, yeah, it's cool to play single player. Yeah, it's cool to you know play RPGs and yeah, it's cool to you know, have some time to kick back and relax and play some single player. But when you have those multiplayer games, those local co-ops, you know, even online, like that is the f- that is there is a plethora of games that you can you can ha- play and have and just create memories. I mean, that's what video gaming is all about. Well, one of the most important things is is being able to play with other people. So mm-hmm. I can't stress that enough. Like I said, I'm unapologetic, and I I've. I feel that you're, you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't have a Nintendo Switch right now, just because right. Right. you know. And 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 also it, it fits because like what Daryl said, like he he has like he has priorities in his life. Sergio, you do too. We all have and me at me three. We all have priorities. We all have things that you know we have in our lives. You know, personal stuff, work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, there's only so much time we can allocate for playing video games, and I feel like the Switch is the best platform to do that. So, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's an excellent point, and some of the points you made are are directly backed up by the sheer number of games and developers that want to be on the Switch, and the outcry for games and developers to come to the Switch, and uh, honestly, just the sales numbers that we know of so mm-hmm. far, it's it's blowing up. I mean, it's I I remember before it launched, um, Kimishima mentioned that he thought that the system would sell more than the Wii did, and everybody kind of, oh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, okay. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's tracking that way, but it's almost tracking that way. Like it's, right. it's exceedingly close to what the Wii was doing early on, which was extremely good, and the Wii had this. Uh, very sharp drop off because most of the gamers were casual gamers and then they just kind of went away. Right. So it, it ended up in a lot of like senior centers and, and, and things like that, which is not a bad thing. I, I'm not in any way portraying that as a negative, but those people are not, they're not going to be buying the new Zelda, <laughs> you know, they, they want to play their me bowling. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the switch, honestly, like this is a console that is, extremely focused marketing on people that are in the stages of life that 
you don't know exactly where you're going to be gaming. You don't know exactly how you want to be gaming. So this is an extremely versatile console that you can take anywhere. You can play on the couch. You can, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've heard from friends who are, who have kids. It's very good for even parents and such. Cause you can just, you know, you can pop on, play a few minutes, pop off. No big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's really cool to watch what they're doing. And, yeah, just to get to get back to the actual question, I think I think we mostly answered it. Just if if those features are important to you, definitely get it on Switch. If those features are not important to you, you're gonna play it on your te- television anyway. Um, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't, especially a single player game. I don't see why you wouldn't just you know get the higher fidelity game if it right. if it runs better, right. looks better, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a pretty it should be a pretty simple decision to make for kind of on a case-by-case basis for the reasons we've <laughs> talked about, I think. Right. right, Yeah. Extremely simple for me. <laughs> I, I just have one thing to say uh, just before. Um, I, I know I said that's all I have to say, but I actually have one more thing. You know, if, if you're asking, like, well, Kevin, what about numbers? Like, you know, if, if the Nintendo Switch is doing so well, like, give me numbers, man. And so <laughs> I don't know why I have that voice. But I'll give you an example. <laughs> Octopath Traveler, only for Nintendo Switch, sold a million copies okay in a fairly niche genre yes like rpgs don't do that right. well one million that's six zeros okay like come on bro one million and that's by august 3rd o- octopath traveler came out july 13th all right numbers don't lie so that that's splatoon is the first game to sell two million copies in japan in years i mean it's boom. <laughs> you've got all the numbers you could possibly want like it's yeah. it's doing really well there we go <laughs> well that was fun good question jeremy yeah that yeah was, thank uh, you for sure yeah, we we definitely answered more than <laughs> we needed to but <laughs> but you know i feel so strong about this man like you know it's like this is the thing that we care about you know video games are our passion and it, it, it's 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 more than just what it is like it it it, it is part of our, our lives and, you know, like it's how we started this podcast. It's how we became friends, you know, like us three. So, right, right. It's, it's way more than a hobby, you know. Kumbaya. My shoot. Kumbaya. All right. This, this is getting silly. Sergio, take us home. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. So, that about does it for this episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Remember that you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, at Nintendo Jump. We are also on Instagram, as Nintendo Jump. We have a Facebook group now, so feel free to join Boom. us there as well. We are on YouTube. Uh, let us uh, Feel free to leave us a comment about some of your favorite indie games and some of the ones that you're looking forward to. Also, definitely, please leave us a review on your podcast application of choice. We would really appreciate it, and it would help other people find this podcast and enjoy it uh, like you do. Uh, send your feedback via social media or also via email at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. And definitely keep sending us your links with recommendations for the video game music episode. We are ironing out how we're going to structure that episode, and it's going to be very soon. So look forward to that and keep sending them in. Once again, this is Sergio, and on behalf of Kevin and Daryl, thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.